I mean, it's, it's a substantial break. It's a nice time away. You just, you never had anything like this. And that's the big one. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a good uh, that time away and uh, mentally reset. You didn't tell you were going to football. Like, so those guys love their bye week and they get almost a week off, a week and a half off. You guys, it's important over the, you know, the, the course of the season. Not only physically, but mentally, you know, more importantly, mentally. I don't really know what started. I just saw Soups coming at, uh, at Belly with his gloves on, so. So you thought he had his gloves on because he was like ready to fight? Well, I, I, I don't know, but I know he had his gloves on before, but he, either way, he's coming at belly with his gloves off, so. Gotcha. And what was that exchange like? Tell him to stop shaking his hand. Do you have a hidden talent? I can juggle. Yeah. Can you really juggle? I can really juggle. We, I mean, we knew that. Yes, you had the balls. You we have three tennis three balls. Tennis balls. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in once again. The Golden Edge Podcast here with you, letting you know everything you need to know about the Vegas Golden Knights from your review journal, beat writers, Adam Hill, Ben Goats, here with you to go over a lot of goings-on during the bye week, and we have a lot to look at of what is ahead, what is going on right now, but really looking back uh, at the, the end of the unofficial first half of the season, we'll do that on this program today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you are subscribing, commenting, liking, doing whatever you do to indicate that you listen uh, to us and uh, sharing it with others. Make sure we can climb up the ranks. We have fallen all the way down to the number eight podcast on the planet. Unacceptable. It's not acceptable. And I I blame us. We'll do better. We'll keep, uh, keep grinding away and hopefully move up. Coming to you, as always, from the luxurious Review Journal Podcast Studios, uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning into our uh, our hangout with Nick Holden last week. That was a yeah, good time. That was fun. And listen, we will address it right off the top. Uh, Nick Holden was in with us. If you watched our video, we had him juggle. It was his secret skill. He juggled. It was fun. He was pretty good at it too. And then the next day, he wasn't at morning skate, and then he didn't play. Uh, there is no truth to the rumors out there, if there are any. That he was hurt juggling with us. I just we checked. S- we reported it because that's what we do. And uh, we did not hurt Nick Holden. We reported it harder than any other story just to make sure that, yes, this did not happen. And, and it was confirmed by the team he did not get hurt juggling with us. So uh, we're confident We're confident in that. Uh, and we do appreciate him coming in. And thank you guys for checking that out. But uh, that was the voice of Ben Goes. Ben, how you doing? Not too bad. I'm enjoying the bye week. How about yourself? Uh, I am enjoying it. We're not... In exotic locales like most of the players are, I'm seeing Instagram stories and uh, all kinds of social media posts of, you know, Hawaii, Mexico, uh, players are all over the place. And I know one group of players was in Puerto Vallarta, and I know that because I saw some social media postings and my worlds were colliding, Ben, as I tweeted, because there was also some cast members from Vanderpump Rules there. I was very confused of what was going on. I was like... Is everybody hanging out together? These are my two, you know, it's what I do for work. And then what I do in my free time is watch Vanderpump Rules. So I was like, okay, what is going on? But I don't think they're all together. I'm usually more of a Bachelor person, but that would get me on Vanderpump Rules. I feel like if you liked The Bachelor, you would like Vanderpump Rules. But at the same time, I'm not a Bachelor fan, and I do love Vanderpump Rules. So um, I I don't think they're all together. I I think it was a coincidence. But it is the bye week, so time to go enjoy. There was the All-Star break followed by the bye week. I kind of like how they're doing this and giving the players a full week. We know uh, you know, Gallant is up in Canada. As we said, some players in Mexico. 
Some players are kind of working, though. This is a weird situation. Yeah, Alex Tuck is in uh, Michigan hanging out with his brother, Luke. Uh, Luke is part of the U.S. national team program, just like I believe Alex was when he was a younger player. Uh, Also, family rivalry. I've uh, never asked him about this before, but his younger brother is committed to uh, Boston University, BU, and Alex Tuck went to Boston College, BC. Hmm, Interesting. And if you know college hockey... That is one of the biggest rivalries in the sport, so kind of feels like a divided house there. Uh, yeah, for sure, and clearly the uh, recruiting pitch did not go well uh, from Alex Tuck to his brother. But uh, yeah, that's a good way to spend uh, to spend a break. Although I don't certainly know, productive. I don't know that my brothers would like listen to me as a coach. I think they'd be like, "Shut up." I only have a sister, but she doesn't listen to me anyway and never has. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think you have a little bit more credibility when you're you know, an emerging NHL star like Alex Tuck. Maybe uh, you get some respect and people will listen to, to you. But I think most brothers would uh, have that go one ear in one ear, out the other. Uh, so Alex Tuck is certainly thinking about hockey, though not necessarily his career. Um, interesting to, to kind of wonder how many guys are thinking about it because I know one of the things – Paul Stastny told me is uh, he said as a guy who's been around the league a lot like you know how important it is to win that last game because you want to go on a break feeling good not having to think about it not dwelling on a loss and of course it didn't quite work out that way for the Golden Knights so maybe there is a lot of lamenting what went wrong uh, as they're on vacation yeah I'd be kind of interested to hear their thoughts when they come back because obviously they lose 2-1 to the Nashville Predators on Wednesday and then go on to the break that Thursday rough game for them uh Juice Soros the Nashville Predators goaltender was just phenomenal in that game. Yeah. The Knights, I think, overall outplayed the Predators, but they just kind of ran into a hot goaltender. And basically every player in the locker room said some version of the same statement, which was, it's just one of those games, just one of those <laughs> yeah. nights. Yeah. They're going to happen in the league. So I didn't sense a ton of frustration over the loss because they knew they played well, but still not a great taste in your mouth, which – Speaking of mouths, Adam, there was also a very interesting wow. play in this game. That is a professional broadcasting move right there. That's why I'm here. That's uh, why I'm with, in the big chair. <laughs> yeah, that's that was impressive. Uh, yes, the, the bite gate uh, incident with P.K. Subban, we think, based on all the talking to players and breaking down film and everything else, appeared to put his mouth, or excuse me, his fingers, at least in the vicinity of Pierre-Edouard Belmar's mouth. Belmar either bit down on his hand or had Subban scrape his teeth as he pulled it out. I'm going to say he bit him. Uh, But again, if somebody's fingers go in your mouth, could very well be a natural reaction. Yeah, such a weird situation. So they're in like a little bit of a scuffle in front of the Predators net at the end of the second period. Belmar's kind of hunched over and Subban's kind of got him in a headlock, his right arms around his neck, and then his fingers are kind of trickling up by Belmar's mouth. And I think Subban kind of tries to like yank Belmar up, and Belmar said after the game, as Subban was doing that, he yanked up and his fingers were in his mouth. So Subban just felt his fingers go really fast across Belmar's teeth, and then that's what Subban was kind of yapping about because immediately Subban was grabbing his right hand. He was shaking it, basically accusing Belmar of biting him. And then Ryan Reeves got involved because he didn't like Subban talking to Belmar. So Ryan Reeves takes a run at Subban. Bunch of penalties get assessed. Subans gets roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct. Reeve gets unsportsmanlike conduct, and we have a whole mess after the game trying to decipher what actually happened. Yeah, and, and Reeve said basically he was just upset that Subban kept shaking his hand and whining about the about the blood. And that's it's a great Reeves thing him. to say. Uh, it's a very Reeves thing to say. And by the way, make sure you read the Review Journal. A, a breakdown 
uh, of Ryan Reeves' f- kind of fighting philosophy and like the art of trying to fight on ice, which if anybody knows, it's Ryan Reeves. So uh, make sure you check that out. He didn't get to fight because, as you said, P.K. Subban kind of evacuated the premises as quickly as possible. He wanted no part of that. Uh, I think a lot of people wanted to see that fight. It would have been maybe entertaining if, if lopsided. Uh, P.K. Subban, not much of a fighter in the league. So uh, he got to avoid that. And Malcolm Subban got to avoid the, uh, I guess, the embarrassment. I don't know if it's embarrassment. It, the the Sophie's choice, if you will, of do I cheer for my teammate or my brother in a fight, uh, which that's a tough call. And, it really uh, is. Not sure which one he would say, which one he would actually believe, uh, but that certainly is part of uh, that situation. But, you know, in the end – it kind of died down quickly. It, there was no penalty from the NHL. They've already come out and said, hey, no further discipline will be issued. Uh, I think really what it does is it's just one more uh, potential layer to a potential playoff situation where if they played each other in the playoffs, you know this is coming up again. You know it's going to be an issue. Uh, it makes it more fun if they do match up. Uh, but other than that, not a whole lot to, you know, it was a very big thing for a night, and then the next day, in the end, it's just one of those things that happens on the on the field of play. Yeah, but it's certainly interesting. And even they play the Predators again February 16th. That's so true. in about two weeks, these two teams are going to meet again, and it'll be interesting to see if there's some bad blood being left over, especially after uh, one enterprising fan bought a billboard on, I believe, East Tropicana. Yeah, right by, right by campus. Yeah, referencing Charlie Bit My Finger, that great viral video from, I believe, 2007, uh, where it's Belmar Bit My Finger, and it really hurt. <laughs> it really hurt. I'd see you. That's, that's a good impression right there. I had to add a little bit of an accent. Yes, and uh, Ryan Reeves said he loved it. He tweeted out that he loved it. Uh, but in the end, you know, we it, it died down fairly quickly, and we did get to hear from Mike Kelly, assistant coach, who – uh, drunk a lot was, as we said, he's in Canada. He went to see his grandkids. I believe he was on a red eye that night, wanted to get out of there. And, uh, they said before the game, uh, that Mike Kelly would speak and not drug a lot. So, uh, let's get his take on the situation. I wasn't involved with the referee's conversation, but I didn't really get a good look at it. We looked at it in the dressing room after it looked like a scuffle. So according to Mike Kelly, not a whole lot there to really get into or uh, or analyze going forward, but definitely a fun story to break down and think about all the possibilities uh, of what were around it. Did he bite him? Did he not bite him? Maybe we'll find out more details. Maybe at some point Belmar's like, yeah, I bit him. Yeah, what's he going to do about it? That would be fun too. Uh, we'll continue to monitor that. But that game uh, ended up being a loss, and it sent the Golden Knights into the All-Star break. And uh, as we're in right now, the bye week as we tape this on Tuesday. But at the All-Star break, uh, it was just Mark Andre Fleury that got to participate in the game and in all the festivities around it. And uh, Mark Andre Fleury was defending his title in the goalie skills competition. The save streak did not go his way this time. No, it was kind of a bummer, and you could tell he was upset about it. Uh, Blake Wheeler for the Central Division was going down on him on a breakaway because how the save streak competition works is that an opposing all-star team basically just takes breakaways against these goalies, and they see which goaltender can make the most saves in a row. And Flurry was doing pretty well. He was chasing the leaders, which at the time were, I believe, Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Devin Dubnik of the Minnesota Wild. And then Blake Wheeler kind of loses the puck, it looks like, off his stick, and it goes through between Flurry's leg, just kind of takes a bad bounce and goes in. And Flurry Flurry hilariously tosses his stick in frustration afterward, hits a camera, hits a camera guy. Poor guy didn't know what hit him. Uh, Flurry was nice enough, I believe, to give a stick to a young fan after that, but it was a bummer for well, him. How about to the camera guy? <laughs> give the stick to him. 
I get it. You want to spread the game. That kid's That's gonna right. remember that. That's true. That camera guy is already gonna remember that one time Mark Andre Fleury That's hit true. him with a stick. There's video evidence of it for sure. Yeah. So Fleury doesn't win. I think he ended up finishing in fourth. Henrik Lundqvist, who is the last goalie to go for the New York Rangers, wins the competition. Then a rough All Star game for Fleury too. John Gibson, who was the starter for the Pacific Division, gets rocked in their game against the Central Division. John Gibson, I believe, only made two saves. Yeah, it was bad. Out of nine shots, allowed seven goals. So Flurry came in with a bit of a deficit, so that wasn't really on him. He also allowed three goals, but he made six saves, so at least that's better. But yeah, rough for the Pacific Division that they just got routed 10-4 to and got out of there pretty quickly. Yeah, last year, a little bit of magic for the Pacific, and maybe that foreshadowed some good things for the Golden Knights going forward this year. Not so much. Any concern in your mind that, that it translates to anything in the second half? Got so many hot takes about how 3-on-3 three <laughs> yes. three translates for the rest it's of the year. nothing. It means nothing, but it's just it's a fun thing to watch. And uh, you had the fastest skater, the skills competition, everything else. I'm sure many Golden Knights fans hope next year there'll be more Golden Knights players involved in those. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a really fun overall, I think, event for the NHL to put on. I think a 3-on-3 three three format has worked so much better for them than previous formats have worked. And honestly, that skills competition was pretty fun. You have Kendall Coyne, who's a, a Olympian for the women's national team, competing in the fastest skater competition, and she did very well. Yeah. She was not last. Like She held up against those NHL players, and it was kind of cool to see the reaction that the NHL players and the crowd gave her. She was awesome. That save street competition was really fun to watch. I liked seeing the best players in the world kind of try out their breakaway moves yeah. on the best goalies in the world. Absolutely. It's a good weekend. Fun event. You want to see more... Golden Knights players in, and a lot of that could have to do with the fans next year, voting players in. So uh, make sure you get on that. Just when, you know, when you fill out, uh, or not fill out, what is this, 1985, when you are, like there's all-star bouts, when you're subscribing to the podcast and you're liking it and commenting on it, like you're going to do for us, go, you know, to the all-star ballot next year and mark it and be ready to to go vote for some of your Golden Knights players. I don't know how that works, but uh, something like along those lines. Do something on the internet uh, I suppose is what I'm saying. Uh, the Golden Knights, though, enjoying the rest of this break, a couple of more days off, and then they are off to the East Coast for their longest remaining trip of the season uh, on the road for four games. And, you know, last year coming out of the break, it was a little bit of a struggle. So I- I'm sure uh, that the team's attention will be focused. Uh, they don't want, you know, last year it didn't cost them. Of course, they ended up winning the division, putting up a ton of points, but they did have that struggle right after their bye week. Remember the famous Cabo picture and everything that went on there. So I'm sure this year there will be a different, kind of a different focus coming out of the break as they hit the road and start at Carolina. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting test right away. They come back against Carolina on Friday, and then they got a back-to-back. They play again on Saturday against Florida. I do think this is kind of like a key stretch for them. They're coming back after the bye. They're nine games out of first place. Uh, nine in terms points. Of, nine points, sorry. Yeah. Chasing the Calgary Flames. And I think this is kind of a key stretch. If they want to get in that mix, they got to do well on this road trip. Go two and two. Go two one and one. Something to keep yourself alive. Because then, because they're getting this long road trip out of the way, they have a very home heavy schedule the rest of the way, which would set them up well to potentially make a run at the division title again. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've talked so much about all the travel they did in the first half and all the games that they had played and how that uh, was draining. But it would set them up for a. Uh, a more favorable second half, and that's where you start to see it. And as you said, after this trip, they're going to have uh, a, a very weighted home schedule, much more home than road. I know they've got a couple of showdowns with San Jose looming uh, in March, but uh, the schedule is more favorable. There's more rest. 
there's less travel. Uh, even the road games, a lot of them are in the Pacific Division. So uh, after this trip, they're set up very nicely. They just have to try to find a way uh, to kind of maintain focus and stay afloat here on this trip. Right. So 16 home games left after this four-game road trip, only 10 road games left. And, yeah, as I mentioned, you look up, okay, you're nine points out of first place. But if you look kind of down the division, you're 10 points up on third place in the Pacific, which is an automatic playoff spot. So you've got a pretty good stranglehold on a playoff spot as long as you don't kind of fall flat on your face coming out of the bye week. And so, yeah, it's really important, I think, for them to build some momentum and then start to build some wins against some pretty good teams. We did mention coming you know, out of the break, they'd played some really good competition. And overall, while I think they played well and competed, the results weren't necessarily there because they played well at Winnipeg, but they lost. They played competitive with the Minnesota Wild, but lost. Played competitive and probably outplayed the Nashville Predators, but still lost. So also lost the Sharks in that period of time, too. So a lot of kind of tests that they weren't necessarily able to capitalize on. I should give them credit for that win against the Pittsburgh Penguins because Pittsburgh's a good team. But overall, you want them to kind of see taking the next step and then building on this playoff momentum that they have to start beating some teams that they're going to then see in the playoffs. Yeah, overall their record is fine. They're in a, a, a comfortable position for the playoffs and everything else. But you're right, they're, they've done a lot of they've done a really good job building up points against bad teams. The teams are supposed to beat, and that's what it takes to make the playoffs. But the record against teams that are squarely in the playoffs is not good, and their record in games where they are an underdog is horrific. So that means that when they're expected to lose, they are losing. You've got to start finding ways to win those games when you're expected to lose, and that will be a big step forward for this team uh, as they make that push to the playoffs. And right now, you know, they, as you said, they're about the same distance from Calgary as they are from falling out of the playoff spot, but you really want to try to make a run at Calgary, at least put some pressure on them. You want to win that division. As it stands, if you're second or or if you're third in the division, as they are now, you have... Um, you'll, you'll be opening up on the road against San Jose. That is a really tough matchup. You really don't want to do that. Uh, if you can get first, you'll be playing one of the wildcard teams, which is much more favorable, and you'll start at home. Uh, they want to do that, and at the very least try to get second so you have home ice against San Jose. Uh, but ideally, you absolutely want to try to win the division. It is very, very important in this format to win the division. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree, especially with how much of a key T-Mobile Arena has been this team and its success and the atmosphere that's created in that building which i think it's so obvious that that those players feed upon and yeah san jose is a tough and really talented team and they've started to play really really well coming into this break eric carlson has really found his stride brent burns is contributing and that blue line is as deadly as we kind of expected it to be coming into the year so you've got some good competition and at that same level calgary's not going away no it's like 50-some games, and I think people are still expecting Calgary to fall back a little bit. At this point, after 50-some games, Calgary is not a fluke. They are a good team that it's going to take a good effort to beat. So it's going to be a really fun division race kind of coming down the home stretch. Yeah, here's some of the same Golden Knights fans who last year said, why does everybody keep questioning whether this is real or not, questioning whether Calgary is real or not? It, it's very funny to me. Like Last year you were mad that people kept questioning you. Now you're you're questioning this other team that's doing a lot of the same things that the, the Golden Knights were doing last year. So uh, definitely something to monitor is how Calgary is playing, how San Jose is playing, setting up that stretch run uh, to try to uh, have some success in the division and enough success uh, to have a favorable matchup in the playoffs. And that's down the road because before that you've got uh, these last 30 games to to wrap up and close the season. And you know we'll be there to let you guys know what's going on in all of them. 
Absolutely. Should be uh, should be another wild ride of a stretch run for the Golden Knights. And you can find out all of your Golden Knights information at ReviewJournal.com. Follow along with all of our stories. In fact, we've got stories going on all by week, some stuff that we've been working on. So uh, some more in-depth looks at, at some things around the team uh, going on right now. So check out ReviewJournal.com. Even though they're not playing, we are still bringing you information about the Golden Knights. Listen to the podcast each and every week. Subscribe, like, comment, share, all those things. And watch our videos as well, our mailbag segment where we do live, send us questions, and uh, we will try to answer them as often as we can. Send them through Twitter, email, everything else. You know how to reach us, and we appreciate you guys doing so each and every week. But that'll do it for us, the Golden Edge Podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we love doing it each and every week. We will talk to you again very soon when the Golden Knights are back in action. Uh, We'll be right here to let you know how this road trip goes on the Golden Edge Podcast.